to Dungeons and Dummies, where your imagination's the limit, and your guess is as good as mine. I'm Mason. And I'm Nathan. And welcome to Dungeons and Dummies. Today, we're going to be doing several fun little things, such as captivating characters, where we come up with the funniest characters on this side of the dice. Or item shenanigans, where we make up some magic items to get your creativity flowing. Or, even better, the check of many things, where we go over a certain D&D subject and talk about what makes it good and what makes it bad, such as Ranger. That's not in today's episode, though. So, um, what should we do first? Let's start with the character concepts in right. Captivating Characters. For today in Captivating Characters, we're going to be going over the first in our list, a Barbarian. For all of these, we're going to be going in alphabetical order. So, if you, you have a favorite class, you should probably wait until that episode. <laughs> if you have a favorite class, we'll get to it. It'll just take a bit, maybe. It depends what class is your favorite. Uh, and first up, we have... They're mad, they're powerful, but their biggest enemy is a library. It's a barbarian. Now, what's your opinions on this class, Mason? So, I actually never got the chance to play a barbarian. I was going to play one who was going to be a basic football player, like a jock in a horror movie, but it really ended up falling through, so I have no real opinion on this guy yet. Okay, uh, I've played one of these guys before, and I can say, they're, they, they're, when you're playing them, you feel exactly like them, in that you feel brain dead. Because all you do is use their main mechanic of rage, which makes it so that basically you have no idea what's going on, and, but... Uh, you get huge bonuses to basically be bloodthirsty, so you just you just swipe at people. That's, That's all a you bonus. Do. So you get rage at first level when, and you get two of those according to the player's handbook that I'm looking at. And then by twentieth level, you can basically go into a rage all the time, but only still have an extra four points of damage. So you get increasing damage as you level up through the class your and you're raging. Your first damage level up is at ninth level. You don't get very much damage levels up. But we're not here to up. nerd out on you because some yeah. of you may not know D&D. So go over what most of your what your character concept is. Okay, the character concept I created for a barbarian is a smart barbarian, which is very rare. Barbarians are normally the stupidest in the group. Uh, like, and they, hmm? their saving throws are strength and constitution, which goes so much against the intimidation, the intelligence skills. Yeah. I'm sorry, I heard the word intimidation, and I went, intimidation skills. They are 100% brain dead. They, they never have intelligence, except this character who will be a very smart character and will only rage if they need to. So, for example, their first uh, idea in any situation is going to be trying to talk things out. If that doesn't work, they'll compromise. Like, I will, we will not fight, and you will get this for not fighting us. Uh, it'll also be one of the Would very- Would like, areas. a roll you have to make? Like, a wisdom save to stay unraged or something? 
Uh, it'll probably just it'll probably just be they just it's just like their ideas are I don't want to fight basically. So they'll try and everything to avoid fighting, but if it comes down to it, they will fight. Uh, there will be one of the very few barbarians with a good intelligence, as I said before. Um, basically, they're just going to be the smart one in the group, except they're not supposed to be. <laughs> Breaking the rules. Well, D&D, there are no rules, so... Exactly. There's nothing to be broken. As we said in, as we said in our intro... The imagination's the limit. You never know what's going to go on, and you can always break the rules. And as we also said in the intro, your guess is as good as ours. Because different groups, plenty of different rules. For example, our group plays where intelligence is super important. But it's not written that way. Intelligence is actually one of the worst skills to have. So, however, it really just depends. Intelligence is actually really important, just no one realizes it. Like, Pretty much. It has some of the most important skills, but it has the least amount of classes tied to it. There's only one class currently tied to it that's in, that's made for normal D&D, and that is the wizard. They do have another one I'm that was made... I'm about to prove you wrong. I'm about to prove you yep. wrong. The other one is... We're talking about saving throws, druid, and rogue also rely on intelligence. Well, saving throws are very different. I don't think we're talking about saving throws. Yeah, I was just talking about things that use it for their attacks. Yeah. So, like, wizards are the only class that uses it currently. They do have one other class, being the Artificier, which is essentially a wizard with technology. But we're not going to be able to talk about that until about December, because Tasha's Cauldron of Everything comes out on the 17th of November, but we're not allowed to get it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Basically, <laughs> Barbarians just don't normally use intelligence. This one does, and they will try and avoid fighting, which is also very against intelligence. Very against barbarian, I mean. <laughs> it's it's just a smart barbarian. That's and, the entire concept. And of course, there are primary abilities are typically suggested. Like you'll still probably get a boost, but you can change it if you absolutely want to, right? Yep. I have seen fighters that instead of playing instead of playing strength, they play dex, which isn't a huge difference. But I have seen a, a there's lot an entire of fighter. There's an entire fighter subclass that relies on charisma. I'm pretty sure the banneret. Yeah, yeah, banneret, aka purple purple dragon knight. They're essentially inspiring other people to do better. Um, but we'll get to that another time. For now, I think we should move on to our next game. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, what do you Items think? shenanigans. Items? Items. We'll just go in order. <laughs> Alright. The item for this episode is called the Steampunk Gun. The st oh, there's a full title for it now. The Steampunk Magnet Gun. <laughs> I'm going to take you to a world of brass and bronze, where everything runs entirely on clockwork, and noon is every 60 minutes. <laughs> Except the bells ring, depending on the hour. <laughs> uh, now, in that world, um, one yes. of the very frequent things that you will see is advancing technology, but 
we are going to take you a little bit further back, but and also I'm, ahead. I'm going to take you on a little tour first. Right to your left is the Wooden Shack Inventor's Shop. Yes, you see it, don't you? Inside is a man there. with white hair, very frazzled, like this common inventor stereotype, hard at work on his workbench. What is he creating, you ask? A new weapon. This weapon is very unconventional, to say the least. It uh, relies on modern science with a touch of magic. Except, like, no modern science at the same time. It's a very, it's a very, I, I don't even know what you would call it. It's, it's a very... <laughs> Interesting yeah, item. Yeah, it's, it's a concept. Okay, uh, it is the, it is the steampunk magnet gun. Uh, <laughs> this is... Essentially... This is one of the worst ideas I've ever had. Me too, but we're going <laughs> with it anyways. In this, with the steampunk magnet gun, it has a ton of tiny magnets lined up inside of it, and... When you pull the trigger to shoot it, Mason, would you like to explain what happens? I would. This is actually one of the weird parts of it. Every magnet at once flips polarity, sending your magnetic ammo flying out of the machine. Now, what type of ammo do you have to use? Something that is the exact opposite polarity of the thing. Other ammo. So <laughs> essentially, essentially if you had a line of magnets that all had north on this side and south on this side, you just want to put them in backwards. So like this one has north on here, and this one has uh, north right here. And then it just flips the, the front one to send it out, to shoot it. Yes. And of course, where would we be without a little bit of showmanship? Each, every maybe inch or so on the barrel, there is an orange light that lights up as the ammo passes by it. And also, you can't have a gun without having a scope for it. So, for the scope, we instead have uh, those sort of steampunk goggles that are made out of brass, and you lean over and you put your eyes on the goggles in order to look through the scope. And of course, the theme that we're pulling this out of is steampunk. So you're probably asking, Where's the steam? Well, right on the end, of course. You can't see the ammo come flying out because it comes out through a blast of steam. Steam. And steam then there are also... Of course, it is also made entirely out of brass with a lot of just knobs that do absolutely nothing, but they look really fancy. Oh no, they sure do something. They change what color the smoke is. Is it black, gray, white, a bit of a darker white, a bit of a lighter black? You can tell! <laughs> it's gray! Exactly. So, that's a really weird concept for an item, but just think about it. You, sh you try and shoot someone, and how do you say that you killed someone? You say you killed someone with a magnet. And that makes it sound like you are much more threatening than you actually are. Yes. Of course... If they're wearing armor, they're probably going to get stuck on the gun, but whatever. It probably won't hurt them if they're wearing armor, honestly. The magnet will just attach to the armor. 
impact. But that's the fun of it. It only works like, off the weather. You like shoot it off and you just hear a loud Oof! and you just look over and there's a guy stuck to the thing. There, there. You just, you just start, you just start emptying the ammo and all, and you look over and your target is, is just wearing. You didn't realize it, but they were wearing metal armor, and now they are just covered in your ammo. It, it, it doesn't look like you them. They just have, they just have ammo all over them. They're just a porcupine. They're just having fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's certainly an interesting concept. Uh. I don't know how good it is, because it's definitely not good, since most enemies will be wearing uh, metal armor. But it's not bad. Uh, certainly fun. Um, so. So. This isn't on the program, but I'm going to surprise you with it. Oh, God. There is a widely known app called D&D Beyond. Oh, oh, that. That helps you store all of your characters. So useful. So, yeah, we both use it. Him, not as much. Me, every day. Mainly me, because I prefer physical character sheets. But every once in a while, I will use it. And every time I do, it is so helpful. I know. So... <laughs> With D&D Beyond, you can create random characters. That means random names, levels, races, classes, and stats. Uh, we found that the stats aren't the best at all times, but they're pretty good. So I've seen them make a fighter who has only charisma and everything else is is minimum. Yeah, that was so, a weird one. They're not very good at the so random stats. That was weird. So we're going to play the name game. One of us is going to create a character through D&D Beyond, completely random. And then the other one will have to try and guess what the name matches up to, race-wise. So, for example, if Mason said a name to me, I might such guess as, human race. Such as, one second, one second. And you can play along, too, if you think you want to get to know the races better. This is very useful to just come up with random stuff to help, because... I don't know. It's just useful. I'm, I'm not even going to guess. This is actually really confusing. Desatra Rathon. Desatra Rathon? Desatra Rathon. That sounds elvish to me. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. It was elvish? It was Except a high elf. Okay, it's my turn. So let me go to create, and then... I go to... Okay, if D&D Beyond will load, I go while to randomize. While he's doing that, let me say something. Uh, D&D Beyond only gives you six character slots. But with those six, you can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's certainly not the best limit. But the, but the fact that there is a limit just goes to show some stuff, does, some stuff that isn't for free, but whatever. It's six slots is still plenty of characters. Unless you play like us, where you don't finish a campaign ever. Back. Okay. Very, very yeah. true. No. Next? No. No. Oh, other we stuff. We finished Dragon Heist. Oh, we finished Dragon Heist, but then we were supposed to go into a different campaign that's a continuation of that. So, and we never finished that. Never even got past the first floor of the dungeon. So. <laughs> we never even got past the first two rooms. Oh yeah, true. Uh, anyways. <laughs> 
Our little joking aside, the next, well, this is all just a joke, but whatever. Uh, the next character is Ori Quirrell. O-R-I-Q-O-R-E-L. Now, what race do you think that is? Can you put that in the chat, please? Okay. Just so you know, we are using a chat feature to do this stuff. Thanks, Google Meet. You were very helpful. Very useful for this chat. Oh, dear. Um, O-R-I-Q-O-R-E-L. I'm gonna say a Genasi, but, like, it's not. It's definitely not. Uh, it's actually one of the one of the races that is not originally in that the D and D Beyond, but I put it's it a, in because bear, I had. It? It, it's a bugbear. It is a bugbear. One of the shortcomings of D and D Beyond is that um they it can be pretty annoying when you want when you have the, one of the books with you, but D and D Beyond has their own digital versions of them, and they so have a policy that doesn't let you. Uh, copy and paste, but whatever. No, ha no hate. It's super useful and it's very easy to copy stuff in. Do not worry. Use it. From what we are saying, it might sound like we are sponsored. We are definitely not. Yet, <laughs> yeah. the end of we will be open to a We're sponsor. We're listening. Um, but we do really love the program. Anyways. Yeah. How many more rounds should we play? Like two? One uh, one yeah. One you one do one more. I'll do one more. You're gonna get this so fast. It's so dumb. Elfir with with Rethin. If that's not an elf, I don't know what is. <laughs> it's an elf. <laughs> elf ear. <laughs> Alfreda Longweaver. So that's A L F R E D A. Ah uh, yes, I love Italian food. <laughs> I mean, it does sound a lot like Elf. It's just it's just the female version of Alfredo. Yeah, actually, um, it's Alfredo's wife. Latin. Um, okay. Alfredo got divorced, and Alfredo decided to remarry. Uh, say it again, please. Alfredo Longweaver. Uh, Longweaver sounds like an elven last name, but... Yeah, I'm gonna say it's an elf. It's actually a human. <laughs> nice. Humans are... Jack of all trades, but that's not what we're talking about. Might go over that another day. Uh, next, we are going to go over something slightly different, I think, because next it is time for the check of many things. Okay, you ready for that, Mason? All right, today on check of many things. The halfling. Probably should have said that more dramatically, but who cares? The halfling! <laughs> the halfling! Anyways. I went to the overacting uh, school of overacting, just so you want to, just if you guys wanted to know. I'm just a theater kid and a band kid, which <laughs> makes me pretty chaotic. Uh, I, I'm a pure theater kid, so like, fun. Theater kids are still chaotic, but. Whatever. I think theater kids are more chaotic. Anyways, I think we're getting a little bit off topic. We are getting very uh, off track, and there's a chance I'm editing this entire section out. No, don't edit it out. Edit, edit that part out. Edit what we're talking about, editing it out. Edit that part. <laughs> you guys get to listen to our behind-the-scenes chat. Or, or, keep it in. <laughs> that would be funny. Just make it worse. <laughs> I'm talking about editing it out. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, time for the halfling. I don't uh, want to talk about the halfling, but I'm the one who chose it for today's show. I mean, if you want to change, we can just edit that part out. Let's not. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> for the halfling, one of the main things about the halfling that you'll need to know is their lucky character trait, which basically, if they roll a one on the 20-sided dice, which is a critical failure, meaning that it just completely fails and maybe something bad happens too, uh, whenever you roll a one on that, you can re-roll the dice, which is very uh, lucky and fits the name of lucky for the, for the trait. Uh, what do you have to add to that, Mason? Um, I've never played a halfling. And that sounds really weird, but they're not the most powerful race. Um, in fact, they're not... No. like They're not used very frequently, and there's a very good reason for this. Um, one of the main... The main reason is that there's only... that. Their main ability score increase, which increases by two. Every race has an ability score increase by two, except for humans, because humans are jacks of all trades, but we'll talk about that another day again. Um, oh. Every race has a skill that increases by two, and most of them have a skill that increases by one. For halflings, they get an ability score increase in dexterity, increasing that by two. Thing um, is, that means they'd be very good rogues. But However, they tend towards lawful good. And most rogues will want to be some sort of chaotic nature because they're stealing. And another thing is rogues are definitely not going to want to play these for a completely separate reason. Rogues normally will want dark vision, which means that they can see in the dark without needing light. And that is because, I don't know if, you, I don't know if you've tried to hide. Well, you probably haven't tried to hide while, we, while, while wielding a torch, but it's very hard. I haven't personally tried it, but I can understand how I it would be I have tried hard. it, and it is very hard. However, oh, I have tried it. <laughs> it was hot. It was dark, hot, and I was about to die. Doesn't matter. That's a story for another, another reason. Another reason that they won't be used, besides those reasons, like those other reasons, you you might consider using them for a fighter because fighters can use dexterity. But there's one thing that stops this, and it is um, it is their speed, their base walking speed. It's only 25 feet, as opposed to most races having 20, 30, 5 however, more feet. However, halflings are small. So that's a bit of a bonus. Small means they are... They're small? Small. They're, yeah. There's, they're small and can move through other spaces. That's basically it. So, that's basically the main reason to use them besides Lucky, which is still really good. In the game, each race has at least, most races at least, have at least one sub-race. Which and, is just an add-on, basically. And the halflings have two. So first we're going to cover the Lightfoot and then the Stout. Now, now the Lightfoot is different. If you want to play a Definitely. rogue, go Lightfoot. Because they've got a plus one to Charisma and are naturally stealthy. The plus one to Charisma doesn't matter, but the naturally stealthy is it great. It does, somewhat. If you were playing yeah. a con man, it would help. However, Probably. the amount of people who play a con man is minimal, and might just be me. <laughs> Probably. Um, anyways, their other feat, naturally stealthy, means that if there's another creature larger than them, which most characters will, seeing as they're small and all other characters pretty much are medium or larger, except for specific races, but we might get into that later, I don't know. Um... This race can hide 
even when they're only obscured by a creature one size larger than them. So basically, you can hide behind any party member. For It's easy, too, because you just hide behind them. Yeah. Stout. It's pretty good. Stouts. Stouts. Stout halflings get and it's an not ability alcohol. for increase. It is not alcohol, do not worry. And, <laughs> yeah. Their description is interesting. You might, think it's, you might think it's alcohol, for good reason, in just a second that I'm going to mention. They get an ability score increase to constitution, and then the thing that might make you think they're alcoholic is their stout resilience, which gives them advantage on saving throws against poison and resistance to poison damage. However, they're just short. There, some people say, apparently, that stouts have dwarven blood, which dwarves also have pretty good resistance to poison, but that's also completely different. <laughs> um, constitution is never a bad score to have, because the more constitution you have, the more health you have, yes. And every class can use health, even, just, even if it's the wizard who will not be able to take a hit. It's, you still might have, want one extra point of health just to help you stay alive. I wonder how uh, this would be as a ranger. It because might like, work as a ranger, actually. Honestly, because like you could really hide in the woods, and it's like ranger isn't the best race ever. We make we will probably make fun of it a lot over this series, just so you guys know. And like I can prove it, I've played several rangers when uh, I'm starting out with this game. They but, have made a revised ranger, but it's not in D and D Beyond or pretty much anywhere else yet. And I think it's still in playtesting, but I'm not sure. I think it might come out pretty soon, <laughs> November. Hopefully, 17th. it's basically just ranger, but much better. And we will discuss ranger and its revised ranger another day, probably. On the next review of many things, check of many things. The next, yeah, that'll that'll work perfectly. Um, in the South Halfling, basically. They are, they just, they're just resistant to poison. That's the only reason to pick them besides the constitution bonus. But, um, honestly, a ranger halfling, like, looking at it, would not be a horrible foot, thing. Though. And another thing, um, just, just so you guys know at home, if you haven't, if you don't know too much about the game, or you're just playing it casually, which is what you should do, that's very fair. Do not try and get into competitive stuff. We're not into competitive or, stuff. I mean, that just goes for every game. Like I'm, a, like I play competitive Pokemon sometimes. I can tell you it is a brutal world out there. But anyways, th that's also completely off topic. Man, we're getting off topic a lot. All right, <laughs> but I that's think, how we are. I think that's um, about all that we have time for today. Yeah, just just as another thing, just to add on for the poison stuff for Stout Halfling, poison is just generally resisted, so it's never bad to have it. But there's not a lot of people who who use it. Yeah. Because of the resistance thing. So, um, don't worry about poison too much. I have a good much. idea for next check. Anyways, uh, that will probably be it for this session. Uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, and uh, if you ever want to tune in again, we are over at anchor.fm slash Dungeons and Dummies. Thanks for listening. We are also at Spotify and maybe soon Apple, Apple. Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Alright, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Dungeons and Dummies out.